Hello Super Johnny, hello Super Trevor, it's me, Mario, woohoo, mamma mia, you guys, you're number one, woohoo, see you in my games, aha. You have completed your training. You are now a Shell Corps master. Oh, Saint Rory, my spiritual father. I'm so excited to be a Shell Corps master. I'm just happy you always say my name followed by the words spiritual father. It really helps my self-esteem. I just, I want to do so many cool things for this kingdom. I'm going to be busting up bad guys and casting lightning bolts from the sky. Uh, oh, so, wait, what What do you think you're going to do? I'm going to, like, summon tornadoes from my fist. Uh, th- th- no, no. Shellcore can only be used for one purpose. What's that? To bust rocks. To bust rocks? Rocks. What's the point of that? If a rock is in your way, you can bust it. This is lame. Unless the rock is Dwayne Johnson. I- I'm gonna go get my real dad, King Thunder. He's cooler than you. Why do you always gotta bring up your real dad? That really hurts. You're not even my real father. I'm your spiritual father. This hurts my feelings. Also, I happen to own a rock query, and you'll be perfect working there. Wait. I'm just working making you gravel? That's what this has all been about these last 20 years? Well, yeah. But you're really good at it. And I feel my voice has changed since the beginning of this thing we're doing here. I'm putting on this power bracelet and I'm going to rock core your face into a oh. That sounds really painful. Instead of that, let's just listen to this podcast. Sure, whatever. This podcast that I listen to is called Retro Blist. Everybody, welcome to a brand spanking new episode. The week after uh, you've stuffed yourself in the Americas, America? I don't know. Thanksgiving is what I'm getting at. Yeah. With turkey and 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 uh, mashed potatoes and gravy and stuffing and corn and uh, beans and cheeseburgers, cheeseburgers and Chinese food and. Uh, uh, honey buns and oatmeal cream pies. And bricks. And bricks. I'm just looking at stuff around the, the room. The bricks come out after you eat yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, happy, uh, happy week well, after Thanksgiving. That's, it's now getting close to uh, Christmas time here in the United States. Yeah. But until then, Trevor, today is another special day. After that blockbuster Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 for the NES coverage. Uh-huh. Uh, today, we're fi- finally starting to pay off some Patreon people. Yep. And we're going to cover a game picked from those in Patreon. We pulled the game out of the hat. Which game won? That was, of course, Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Alex the Kid Sega. in Miracle World. The Kid. Alex the Kid in Miracle World. Alex the Kid Johnson. That's right. <laughs> Alex the Kid Johnson. I don't know where yep. that comes from. I don't either. 
But yeah, so uh, congrats uh, to our patrons for voting uh, last month. Well, really just congrats to the one who won the voting. Yeah, sorry everybody else. Congrats, yep. Michael Thompson. Yep, that's right. Mr. Thompson himself So we're won. living up to our word, and not only did um, we decide to cover the game like we said we would. Oh, did we ever live up to our word? Especially but I went you. out and bought a physical <laughs> copy of the game because I thought that'll be more legit than just trying to, you know, emulate it or something. Yeah. Did I waste my money? We'll find out. Let's see. Let's see. I'm very curious. Yeah. <laughs> to find out your feelings on this. Uh, Trevor, before we really jump into Alex the Kid, uh-huh. we have what we like to call a Patreon. Uh-huh. And, th- and this Patreon... <laughs> and the owners of Patreon also <laughs> likes to call it that. <laughs> That's right. Yes. You're giving me a lot here today. This is yeah. a really good give and take. Behind the scenes, Trevor and I both are dealing with sicknesses in a way, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> yep, sorry if I sound snotty, because I am. And sorry that I have drainage in my throat, because that's where it went. <laughs> so, nice. now that you're on our team, team drainage and team snot. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, let's, uh, Patreon, let's get into it. Patreon.com, search for Retro Bliss. It's just a way for you to throw a few dollars our way and say, we like what you do, it's uh, worth a few dollars to me. If it's not worth a few dollars to you, then maybe you shouldn't waste your time listening because time is money. And so, f- <laughs> and so far, a handful of people do think that we are worth that. Yes, we just need more people to also think those things. Sure, yeah, it would be great. So it would just, help my self esteem quite a bit because every time I go and look at that page, and the same number is there, the sadness just creeps in, and the showers I take take longer, and my head stays down way past when it's appropriate. <laughs> Unlike Johnny, uh, I appreciate the patrons we do have. No, I appreciate but them some, too. Some, <laughs> if we didn't have the ones that we did have, in your mouth. it would be worse. <laughs> but yeah, some fresh blood would be good too. Yeah. Because hey, right now, there's only four people that get to vote on one game every single month we're covering a patron-voted game. That's right. And with only four voters, they have a really good chance of getting their game picked. I'm really good at math, and they have at least a 45% chance each of getting that. I don't stand by that math. You should. But yeah. Best pal, stand by whatever so That's where this says. game came from. Go ahead, say a, say a statement. I'll stand by it. Uh, Alex Kidd was released in 1987 in North America. I stand by that 100%. By Sega, of course. Uh, 1986, Japan. And this next thing is key. Super Mario Brothers came out in 85 uh, here um, and in Japan, in 1987 in Europe and Australia. Meaning, basically, that Mario Brothers predates this game by at least a year. Yes. But, in Australia, where the Master System is really huge, and in Europe, uh, they actually came out the same year, which is interesting. Hmm. Odd. But odd. yeah, it's important to note, I think, odd. that uh, Mario Brothers did come out at least a year earlier, though. And we'll get to why we're comparing those two yeah. here soon. Uh, Trevor, uh, growing up, I'll go ahead and get my memories out of the way, because I'm going to assume your memories are going to be like mine. Well, I don't have any of these games. <laughs> not, yeah, we- not one that I really picked up. By the time I was in the age of wanting to play video games, Sonic had already reared his uh-huh. blue head and running at crazy speeds, and I was having fun with him. So Alex the Kid never, ever entered the equation for me as a kid. Not at all, because uh, we've well, we de- dedicated a whole episode to the Sega Master System. Because I just find it super interesting. Yeah, it's a fascinating we, system, really. We totally missed out on it. Um, I'm not saying they didn't sell any around our area, but there weren't very many. Um, but I will say they never sold a single one in our area. Not a one. I will not stand by state. that. That's right, and you stand by that. Yeah. So, yeah, so this game, really I have no experience with it. It's one I wanted to buy because I do have a Master System. I really enjoy the system. It's like having a new 8-bit system that I never knew existed as a kid. Um 
And I know in a lot of the world, like with our Australian fans, the Master System is almost more popular than the NES um, in certain areas of the world. That's right, yeah. Um, But Alex Kidd is sort of like that quintessential, it's like the original Super Mario Brothers in that it seems like if you have a Master System, you kind of have to play this game. That seems to be the feeling I get from people. Well, pretty much any system that came out kind of needed a game or a character, I guess would be the better way to put it. Yeah. Who really helped push and sell the system, almost a mascot. And we're also going to say here, uh, I just want to go ahead and give another behind the scenes. Uh, one of our Patreons uh, donates enough a month in which they get the highest tier, and that includes some one-of-the-kind art by Trevor Franklin himself, the guy who's not the artist of us two. And he is, as we do this show, going to be drawing on a sketch card for who is it? Who who gets this? Michael one? Thompson from Michael Thompson, who's going to get a one of a kind Trevor Franklin piece of art. And also, I'm throwing in one that I've done too. But you know, you can decide which one you like more. <laughs> I don't think it'll be much of a decision. I can't wait to see what you do. I'm very excited about this way more Ooh. than I should be. But his art will be Alex the Kid related. So, and. I already forgot where I was going. What was I saying before I got sidetracked by your beautiful works, Ms. Yester? Um, I think you were saying every system has like its Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every, every system, and that's kind of another reason why we brought Mario up, that really helps push the system, and it really, they're almost like a mascot, sort of. It's a character that kids yeah. and, and people growing up can latch onto. Mario's a great example who's still around today. Sonic's a great example who's still around today. And even when you got into your other uh, systems, like PlayStation had Crash Bandicoot, you know, it kind of went on up from there. You had different yeah. uh, characters who really helped push the systems, sort of mascots that, as soon as you saw that character, you thought uh, that system. You, yeah. know, you saw Mario, you thought Nintendo automatically. You saw Sonic, you thought Sega. But Sonic wasn't around at first. Sega had Alex Kidd, or Alex the Kid, as I like to keep saying, well before they had Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, so I don't think it's a big secret now that Alex Kidd is sort of a failed mascot for Sega, and then they basically pretend he doesn't exist now. Um, and Sonic the Hedgehog is still a popular character. But this game was a really big deal for Sega because they needed a mascot. They needed something to compete with Mario. And I think you just said all this. Uh-huh. But that's uh, I think it's time to get into the story of the game. You want to do that first? Well, before we get into the story real quick, can you hear me the box... The box? <laughs> Yes. Right, now, I've gone on record, and I step by this, that Sega Master Games here in the United States have the best box art. My best, I mean, they're so bad that they're amazing. Right. <laughs> that I would love a giant poster of just a collage of these. Yes. <laughs> and this one, of course, uh, stays on point with this. <laughs> Alex Kidd in Miracle World, the mega cartridge. It's that beautiful pinstriped cover that you see in all these. But the picture of Alex the Kid... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't know he was blonde, for one, but he's a blonde kid, apparently. He's not blonde in the game, is he? He has brown hair. I don't think he is. Nope, they even have him on the back here. His hair's definitely not blonde. He's definitely brown. Yeah. But on the cartridge, it's blonde. It's blonde, and he's wearing a red, uh, like Mario wears, almost. And his leg is weirdly, oddly behind him. One of his fists is way larger than the other. <laughs> uh, this is beautiful art. <laughs> that I can't, I think... Trevor, did you do the art for this and you didn't tell me? So here's here's something you don't ever want to be said about your artwork. I think I probably could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, just like you, I, I, the North American Master System art 
for the box covers is so bad that I love it. Yeah, no, I just totally yeah. love it. Honestly, if this art was good, I would probably not like it near as much. Right, it's, just, it's so overly simplistic. <laughs> yeah, that I love it. It's awesome. It's right up there to that one game where it's just showing a foot. Right. <laughs> a cartoon foot. See, uh, Let's get into the story of this game. Now, as we were playing, we are fortunate enough, since you bought this game, to have the manual that come with it. Yep. And the manual, of course, includes the background of what is Alex the Kid, who is Alex the Kid. And I keep saying the kid, and I don't mean to do it. <laughs> and what? why is Alex going on this adventure, Trevor? So, you know, if you play Mario Brothers, you know the story is pretty much our princess has been kidnapped to save her. So does Alex Kid follow a similar, simple story? Let's find out. Let's do it. Johnny's oh. phone is ringing. There we go. Keep going. All right. So, what's happening? Many centuries ago, on the planet Ares, there lived a boy named Alex Kidd. For seven years, he lived on Mount Eternal, studying shell core, an ancient art that makes one strong enough to break rocks into pieces. One day, he was leaving the mountain for a spiritual homeland. He encountered a dying man, who told him that the peaceful city of Redactium was in grave danger. Before taking his last breath, the man gave Alex a piece of a map and a medallion made of sunstone. What does it all mean? (laughs) We don't know. Really not sure. And we still don't know. (laughs) The only way to find out is to journey through the miracle world looking for the answers. And here's, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Even journeying through that miracle world will give you zero of these answers. So let me tell you about his family. Please do. So, you know, again, with Mario, you got... Mario. Luigi. Luigi. You got Princess Toadstool. Yeah. And you got Toad. Koopa. Koopa. It's pretty simple. Yeah. But this game, you're Alex, the shell core master in the red overalls. Whew, take a breath. Your family and friends include King Thunder, Alex's real father, Saint Nurari, Alex's spiritual father, Patricia, <laughs> Alex's mother, Eggle, Alex's twin brother, High Stone, King of Nibbana, and Princess Laura, Eggle's fiance. <laughs> we we really are idiots, and I'm going to tell you why we're idiots. <laughs> so, whichever was first reading this, he read it in the way in which it said. Uh, let's see if I can try to recreate how yeah. you read it. You read it I read like three this. times the same yeah. way. <laughs> Alex's real father, Saint uh, Saint Narari, and Alex's spiritual father, Patricia. <laughs> So, uh, we thought, well, uh, that was a name I wasn't expecting for a spiritual father, but, yep. hey, especially for a game that came out in when? 87. 87. And then I even read it after you read it, and I read it the same way. Yeah. His spiritual father, Patricia. This It's just written in a really strange the, way. Yeah, they like the semicolons it, are weirdly placed. They didn't place them in a... They should have spread us out a little bit better. Yeah. But they didn't. However, that's... <laughs> yes. We're just dumb. That's all there is to <laughs> And then, of course, you got Jenkin the Great, who is your arch nemesis. Um, and that's a terrible name for a bad guy. Or anybody. And, and we'll Jenkin. get into uh, the whole Jenkin part later. Because <laughs> it's, it's a the family most shitty thing about this game. It's a family show. We can't talk about Jenkin that much. <laughs> <laughs> but you also have his henchmen, the other bosses. Parplin, which... Looks like an open hand. Call. We'll be careful there. Chakina. <laughs> Chakina, which looks like the peace sign. Like somebody I'm really glad you sign. put the chest out in there. Yeah. Or we can go back and talk about Jenkin again. <laughs> and then Guseka, who looks like a closed fist. Yes. So they all look like hands. 
pretty much. Except for Jenkins, he kind of looks like a troll. Because the boss fights, which we'll get into soon, are kind of related to that. And we'll get into that, yeah. So yeah, so there's a story. A pretty wild. About a kid. <laughs> it's pretty wild and over the top for a game of this type, I would say. Um, do you want to just? Sorry, I'm distracted by my artwork I'm working on here. <laughs> I'm really putting focus into this artwork. It's it's, it's pretty incredible so far. We'll post this later on the social meds. <laughs> uh, but you want to get into the graphics? Let's sure. go ahead and do that. Let's jump into this game, uh, Alex Kid. Let's get into it. Trevor, graphically, Graphic. this came out in eight. Not oh goodness gracious, nineteen eighty. What again? Seven. Seven. All right. I will say this is way more colorful than I was expecting for a game of that era. That's true, yeah. It looks way better than I was expecting. It's not... I don't think it looks near as good as Mario, which is a game we're going to compare it to, two platformers. Right. Uh, but it, I think it's pretty serviceable, and for the fact that it's... Uh, that it, and I think it really shows what that system can kind of do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's, it's really colorful. The colors pop. Uh, Alex the Kid looks... I mean, he looks like Alex Kid, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't look like he does here because his hair is brown instead of blonde on the co- right. like he is on the cover. But he looks like some sort of character. <laughs> I did ask you if it was a kid or a monkey because I couldn't tell. Because <laughs> he has giant ears. He's very monkey-like. Yeah. He I has, don't know if he's officially a monkey. He doesn't have a tail. No. But he has giant ears, yeah. which, ca- which are sort of monkey-like. Yeah. He, but I couldn't really tell. Well, in the manual and on the box, he just kind of looks like a kid. But in the game, he looks like a monkey. Yeah. So... So keep that in mind if you like monkeys or kids. The uh, <laughs> Or kid monkeys. This movie right up your alley. So an early Master System game, uh, just a year or so after Super Mario Brothers. I think it looks good. Um, I mean, you, you really got to compare it to the original Mario Brothers, not like Mario 3 That's and what stuff. I, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant when I said that. Uh, I, I think Mario 1 is a great looking game, especially for when it came out. Right. This one I don't think looks as good as that. But it still looks pretty good, personally. I, I think uh, I, I think the backgrounds like don't look quite as good because they're a little bit a little bit on the monotonous side. Yeah. But I think the enemies and characters look um, probably more detailed than the first Mario Brothers. Although I odd. If, well, I, I don't know about more detail. I don't know if I would agree with that or not. I think taking the whole package, I mean, not that we need to compare it to it constantly, but it was obviously compared to it at the time though. I mean, it's kind of what they wanted that to be their Mario if we're right. just being upfront and honest about it. So as a total package, I don't think it looks as good as the original Mario brothers. Yeah. But I mean, Mario had some really, even their secondary or well, what, it, what do you want to call those? The, like the guys in the turtle shells. That's true. The Koopa Troopas. They have a lot yeah. of detail to those. The, That's true. Yeah. The spine guys, whatever they are, have a lot of detail. Yeah. And there's they, a lot of detail in those bad guys. And I don't think they did near as much on these personally. There's one or two that have some good detail in them. Like there's a giant fish guy. That's what I was thinking of, yeah. an octopus. Yeah, and an octopus. And those look really great. There's a lot of, And there's yeah. some detail in those. But the really, really super duper minor uh, b- uh, baddies on there, I, I think, just look very generic. That's and, true. Like the bat. Yeah. It's very generic. However, there's some there's some funny ones. Like there was a rock. I think it's called a rolling rock. And it's just a rock with little arms and legs and a face. Yeah. <laughs> it just really cracked me up. Uh, there's a... Uh, was that was that the ox that attacked me at the end of that one level? Yeah, that was yep. odd. Um, the odd ox. Yes, the frogs sometimes get caught in midair. <laughs> yep, they do. The the enemies as a whole follow a very set pattern, as you would expect, but they do glitch a little bit. Like, uh, yeah, we. I feel like because we did see a, literally saw a, a frog get stuck in midair. Yeah, 
Like he, he just wasn't moving and he was floating somehow. And I should note that's on actual Sega Master System. That's the right. first model, not the Model 2. Well, let's go ahead and note this too. Well, this will come more into gameplay, but we played this on both the Sega Master System and a Retro Trio. Right. That you have set up to play Sega Master games. Because we wanted to try it with the actual Master System controller and then with a Sega right. Genesis controller. Which we'll get into that when we talk yeah. about gameplay, but yeah. So yeah, I think... I can totally see why at the time this came out, this was a really impressive game for kids or adults because it's very colorful. It's like, it's, it's whether you knew about Mario or not, it does capture that colorfulness of Mario brothers. I will say if I was like walking through a store when I was a kid and they had just like the demo of this playing, I would probably stop and watch it. Oh yeah. Which is what you want from that. Because think about it. We're comparing it to Mario brothers, but how many games on the NES or master system at launch looked as good as Mario brothers. That's right. That's so right. The fact that seeing getting compared, is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm just going keep, keep talking. Don't worry about me. <laughs> so Trevor is taking care of his sickness. Good job talking. We are by far the most professional podcasters in all of history. How, how do we not have more followers? I don't get this. So for those of you who didn't catch it, I just blew my nose. All right, let's continue. Um, All right, you want to get to the sound of music now? I yeah, think. y'all talk about the different level names when we get y'all, to the Y'all? Who's y'all? <laughs> you mean just me? I was trying to say, yeah, I'll. Oh, sorry. And I, I jumbled <laughs> my words. Put them together. This is going to be a good episode. Uh-huh. I like it so I'm gonna far. I'm going to get my money's worth, and uh, the patrons are going to get their money's worth. Oh, that's 100% true. So, the, the music. The music. The music. The music. Uh, I'll, I'll sum it up real quick, then you can give me your very long detailed thoughts. No, <laughs> because it's what I'm good at. <laughs> I would say the music is simplistic, very simplistic, but catchy. If I could only use a few words, that's what I would say. What if you could use a lot of words? It's very simplistic, but catchy. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's... I don't know. I mean, it's. it kind of shows the Master System didn't have quite the... The sound chip, I guess, that the NES had. Because graphically, um, we've already mentioned this before, but there's a lot of games on Master System that I think actually surpassed their counterparts on the NES. Yeah, they look really good. They really do. Ghostbusters we covered yeah. were so much better on Master System. But sound-wise, um, from what I've observed, yeah. sound Master w- System... Sound-wise games, you... Sound-wise, sound-wise, <laughs> sound-wise games, he says <laughs> that uh, Gandalf would say Frodo Baggins. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. That um <laughs> basically, from what I can tell, the master system is a little bit low the NES. Below the NES. I can't talk today. This this uh congestion's getting to me. Yeah. It's a little bit below the NES and sound quality. I think it's actually a weaker sound chip. That being said, the music is still very catchy. Like you were humming it a minute ago. You didn't even mean to. That's right. Yeah. While we were playing it my first thought when it comes to the sound-wise Gamgee is that it it wasn't amazing. Like, it wasn't stand out to me like when, you know, the first time you heard the Mario theme. Right. However, it does stick in your head a little bit. So that, that does say something. It does have a little bit of catchiness to it. It's nowhere near as good as the Mario theme or anything like that. But it's not terrible. I would say it's above serviceable. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's above serviceable. Uh, it's a little catchy. You'll probably still be humming it a little after hearing it. 
But also, we played, we got through what, half this game, I would say? Uh, or close pretty to Pretty close, yeah. We're pretty close. And there was only we only heard two songs. And Mario had at least four that I can think of off the top of my head. Themes. Yeah, I think from what I noticed, and we may be wrong, but I know the music definitely changed when you fell in the water for the first time. Yeah. But I only noticed like the main level theme and then the water theme. And yeah. then like when you do the little boss fights and little shops might have different music. Yeah. But there so, weren't anything that I can remember. No. I think there's just not a lot of music there, to be honest. It right. is it is more simplistic sound-wise than the and, original Mario And Brothers. when it just comes to sound-wise games, yeah, and just like your punches and stuff, right. it's just your run-of-the-mill. Nothing that stands out, but also nothing that was so bad that it did stand out. So The only the only thing that stood out in a bad way was that one. Was it when you collect the money bags? Oh, oh yeah, I'm glad you said that. Like, for, for whatever reason, it was an ear-piercing sound to collect money bags, which is something you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it really reminded me of what was the game we played recently, uh, Castlevania, when at the very end of each time where it was giving you all your points again, right? For all the hearts you collected, that really high-pitched sound there. Oh yeah. It really reminded me of that, as it was just destroying my eardrums, and it didn't need to be like that. <laughs> Just tone yeah. it down, uh, just a, just a you know a, a little bit. Tone it down just a little, Frodo. Yeah. <laughs> get it because he's a hobbit oh, and yeah. they're small. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm done with my Lord of the Rings references. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't want to sound too negative here, but that that's my honest opinion. Was that there was one really really catchy song. Yeah. But the rest was just kind of very. When people say old video game music was beeps and bops, this is pretty literally that. Yeah. yeah. It's very high pitched. Yeah, beep, beep, bop, bop, beep, yeah. beep, bop, bop. See, I just did one right there. But that's they, the they did a good job with what they had, I think. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess. We were there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into the gameplay. Gameplay, let's get into it. Into it. Let me just start off with uh, the levels. Good idea. Because the 11 locations you visit, being 11 levels, are all listed here mm. in the manual. Math checks out. So you start on Mount Eternal, and we might as well give our comments about the first few levels, because we're not going to be able to on the rest of them. Okay. <laughs> Mount so, Eternal is where you start. Honestly, the ones that we played, this was the most difficult one. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you're basically going down this mountain, yeah. and it's just kind of annoying for us. Like, we kept getting... We, <laughs> we either kept getting hit by falling on those little dragons that are flying. Oh, I thought they were birds. Were they oh, were they just birds? I guess they were. I don't know. They were, okay. they were flying, flying enemies. And then also punching that stupid block, which we should have known better. Yeah. But some of the question blocks give you items and some... Let's, let's go through all the levels first right, and then yeah. we'll go through all that. Because there's a lot of weird decisions that they made with this game. So anyways... <sighs> so in other words, uh, Mount Eternal is just going through uh, a mountain. Literally, you're going into it, kind yeah. of, until you get to the water. Yep, then you get to the water, um, and it's like a, it's like the second level of Mario Brothers where you're underwater. Not the second level, whatever level that is. Right, yeah, where you're underwater about. in Mario Brothers. Um, the underwater controls are simple. You just move up, down, left, and right, like you're swimming. Uh, we, we can go ahead and say all the controls real quick too. Oh yeah, they're really it's simple. simple. I mean, the Master System had two buttons, the same as uh, the Nintendo had, and one of them jumped and one of them punched. Yep. Uh, there's some other weird decisions, but I think we'll make. Those after we say these levels okay. real quick. Then the second level was Lake Fathom. <sighs> I couldn't even fathom what I can barely fathom what it That's one like. with all the blocks and you were trying to punch out the correct blocks. Oh, so that's you could one jump where we first saw the mermaid guy too, right? I think so. Yeah. Then you got the island of Saint 
Your eye. Yeah, that's the one with the where we figured out that we had those uh, really good punch weapons, and I think it's the first one we got the motorcycle. Oh yeah, which is another cool thing that this game does do. We'll talk about that in a minute too, because yeah. yeah, I want to talk about that. Then you got the village of Namui, uh-huh. which is like a bunch of they almost look like igloos in the background. That's right. Then you got Mount Cave, which uh, I'm trying to remember if we made it to the level after this one because I remember being in the cave. But I don't remember beating. I it. think we made it to the cave, but I think as far as we got, so we only made it to five levels. Then you got the Blackwoods, Bengu Lowland, the Radak, uh, Radactian Castle, the city of Radactian, the Kingdom of Nabanya, and Crag Lake. Yeah. <laughs> Craig Lake seems a little bit of a letdown after his other names. Yeah. Okay, so that's the levels. Now, we saw almost half. They did kind of vary a little bit. Mm-hmm. How do you think these levels look compared to each other? I <sighs> think they varied a little bit, but I don't think it was a lot. Does that make sense? Because if yeah. you told me to, to tell you which ones they were, I, they would kind of jumble together in my head. To be honest, each level had a lot of blocks in it that you had to punch out and stuff. Yeah. And I think the level design itself was pretty simple. Borderline simplistic. Yeah. But I thought they changed up just enough that I was I wanted to beat the levels and get to the next one. Yeah. Now, I will say, to be fair, I did want to see what the levels look like. Yeah. That, which is a testament to the game. There, We played some games where I got to a point where I didn't care. Right. <laughs> but this one, I did want to see what they look like. Now, let's go ahead and get some negatives out of the way. Uh, this game... Well, it was kind of on the... the I don't know if I blame the game more than I blame the... The Sega Master System itself. <laughs> Talking about the pause thing? The pause thing. That, yeah. Okay, so... That's the system thing, really, but... You're breaking up blocks, and you'll collect money through this. Yeah. And this can be used for shops later. And in the shop, you can buy different items. Everything from vehicles, to other li- to more lives, to uh, rings and stuff, which give you up your powers and stuff. Now, when you buy that, you don't just get it. You have to equip it. Trevor... If you want to equip this, what do you think you should have to do? Well, just press the pause button. No big deal. Yeah. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Trevor, where's the pause button? It's on the controller right in the middle. Wait. No, it's not. There's no button in the middle of the Master System controller. That's right. So, yeah, every time you want to choose a new weapon, a new item, which you're going to want to, yeah. you got to get up and pause the system. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Walk your fat, lazy butt <laughs> up to the system yeah. We pause are, it. Yeah. For all of us obese, lazy Americans... Uh, this is a terrible, terrible design. I mean, t- to the point of, you remember when one of the main flaws that people kept pointing out about the when Nintendo brought out the Nintendo, the mini Nintendo system, like last year? Oh, yeah, NES mini. Yeah, you couldn't just switch games from the controller. You had to go back to the system. But that was a whole game, though. <laughs> yeah. Not just an item within the game. I know, but I'm saying I'm just, I know, that's something I can really yeah. compare it to. But yeah. on this game, and you're going to want to equip these items, especially like the... That, that punch thing you can equip from the ring is actually really Power cool. Power bracelet. Yeah, it's yeah. actually really cool. But you got to get up, pause the system itself, because the pause button's on the system. Get that new menu that pops up and equip it through there. That's right. the only way to do it. It's, I mean, it's. I'm sure it's a charming thing if you grew up with a Master System, but I really don't understand. The NES came out earlier. You know Sega was aware about it. Do they just want to make sure the Master System stood apart and wasn't the same as the NES? Why did the controller not have the pause button on it? Or some button to choose a select button, whatever they want to call it. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's so weird getting up, and the reset button was on the left, the pause button's on the right. And every time I got up 
so I could change my item. I was worried I was going to reset <laughs> yeah, the system. Taking a chance. <laughs> yeah. So was, I did kind of get, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm fat and lazy. I got tired of getting oh, up. No. Getting up and pausing the system so I could change my items. You're beautiful in your own way. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, Hashtag friendship. <laughs> Hashtag soundwise GMG. <laughs> Hashtag truth is uh, subjective. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so let's get into some of the items. I want to save the vehicles for last because, well, they might be my favorite part. Okay, we'll say. Well, can I go get this other negative out of the way for real quick? Oh yeah, go ahead. Because I don't want to keep just harping on this game because it wasn't as terrible as we're making it out to be. I feel like we're just dogging it. I don't mean to do that. No. But the one thing that really hurt this game, in my opinion, is the controls themselves. Uh, they were really, really, really loosey goosey, as in the directional pad. And we at first thought maybe that was just because of how the Master System's directional pad is. It's very different from most of the other ones. Yeah. So we switched it to the the Retro Trio, and we used the actual Sega Genesis controller. And I will say that helped a a smidge, but that looseness was still there to the point where you only want to like move over an inch, but instead you moved over 20 inches. The controls were so... You couldn't have precise. This game calls for precise platforming at times, and when your controls are not precise, that's a terrible combination. It was so, um, I don't know what the word for it is, slippery, that we did want to try it with the Genesis controller to make sure, because the Master System controller, I I, I love it because of just what it is. Yeah, it's very different. I do like it. But, to be fair, the D-pad is really not as precise as the NES controller. Yeah, 100%. And it's identical in every other way, basically. But And I will say, though, that's the reason that this made even more of a di- uh, difference to me as to whether I'm going to love this game or not is just is to the fact that a lot of the times when, when our characters died, I felt it was because of this and not because of our actual playing. Does right. that make sense? A lot of times I lost a life and I didn't think I should have. Right. And it was just because I meant to only move over an inch and my guy just jumped 20 feet. <laughs> I will say that. and we, We've discussed this, discussed this many times before. We discussed this. Discussed it. Yeah. Um, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, train wreck. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, here it goes. All right. All right. There's literally my wife asking if I need medicine or anything. That's how good a shape I'm in. Um, when it comes to games with kind of strange controls, I think sometimes I totally agree with you. They're just bad. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, well, I feel like it was intentional and it just wants you to play its way. It's not meant to feel like Mario Brothers or Sonic or whatever. Right. It's its own thing. And I do think that's the case here. Like, I don't think they cut corners. But I, I'll be honest. I have to agree with Johnny. I missed the precision. Like I wanted it in this game, and maybe that's just being spoiled because this was a very early platformer. I feel but, Sonic is even has more precise controls than this, and he's meant to be fast. Yeah, and he's but, meant to be fast, and you yeah. could be a little loosey goosey with him a little bit. I don't know. I don't feel like they were like we played some games that just had lazy controls and they just weren't good. Yeah, I didn't. This I, I didn't like these controls hardly at all. I'll just be honest. Johnny, yeah, you're definitely... It kind of ruined the game for me. I don't disagree with Johnny, but it definitely affected him more than it did me. Let's yeah. put it that way. It, it made the game less fun for me, personally. I, it made me want I, to come back and try it to, to, to master it, but it did throw me off a little at you first. Know why, you know why it's even more frustrating to me? Because this game is just good enough where I want to see all these levels. Yeah. But like, I don't know if I want to put the time into it because of how bad these controls are for me. 
Like I know it'd be just yeah. nothing but frustration. And I don't. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm going to do that, I'm just going to go play Mario One again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious. I love that game. Obviously, yeah. a lot of people grew up loving this game. I wonder did did the controls like have to grow on you, or did you love yeah. them right away? Maybe uh, you know, like when you get across the the equator, like stuff goes the opposite direction. You know, like you flush a toilet and it goes the other way and stuff. What if the Sega Master controls are like opposite of ours? And they're actually really precise in Australia and all places. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. All right. Definitely. Um, Sound-wise game, G. Yes. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to say Johnny's wrong because I totally see where he's come from. I'll just say I think it affected his overall opinion more than it affected mine. We'll put it that way. Probably did. But do not do not go into this game, despite the fact that we've talked about Mario so much. Don't go into this game expecting it to be like that. Right. This is very... Um, Loose? Is that the right word? I don't know. It's just a different... It feels different. It feels very loose and floaty. Yeah. To me. I guess so. When that, when I don't think that's what they were going for. That's why I'm calling it out. And the punch, I will say this. The one time I thought the controls were a little sloppy, um, instead of just being different, for sure, was uh, some of the enemies you punch. It's like, sometimes you go up and try to punch them and you just die. Yeah. But sometimes you don't feel like you're doing anything different and you hit them. Yep. You'll never find that in one of the Mario Brothers games. They're very precise. And I did I did have to knock it for that because you go up and you expect to know what you're doing and then you die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but that being said, I feel like I did acclimate to the controls a little bit as we played. Now, I will say I got pretty far once I got used to them. Yeah. Because, I mean, I made it through about four levels before I died again. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Considering I never really played this game maybe one other time ever. And it was on the Xbox, so yeah. which is a completely different beast altogether. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh on it for these controls, but it's just, if i got to be honest, it really killed the game for me. Is there anything else about the gameplay we want to yes. get into? Because we've got so, a lot more to talk about. We need to get moving. If, well, if that's where it ended, if that's where the gameplay ended, I think I would say the controls held it back a lot for me. The saving grace for me and why I think maybe this game is so beloved to a lot of people is the vehicles and the things you can use. Yes. Because Alex Kidd's a little bit on the wimpy side at his base. His punch is kind of weak despite the fact that he can break rocks. But you got the power bracelet that lets you shoot power beams or whatever yeah. they are. Yeah, that, that one's actually pretty cool. I did like that. Right. I will say the things you can collect, the power buttons and stuff, are pretty great. Another negative that would be as you're, uh, there's different types of blocks you want to hit. Like some are just regular rocks. Uh, some will have like little stars in them that'll be money in, in those. Mm -hmm. And some will be question marks. And question marks are almost not worth it because uh, you, there's a chance to get three different things. You need to get a, the power ring, which gives you that punch, another life, or I guess that's death. That's what that's supposed to a be. A ghost. A ghost that will kill you. And it felt like almost every time, except for once or twice, it was always that stupid ghost guy. Who was so, out to get you? I was going to say, this is another very distinctive element about this game. This is a good time to mention it. I'm not so sure for me this isn't a negative. Like, I'm not being negative on this game overall, but I'm just, I'm pointing out these things that are different about it. And for me, this might be a negative, but it might also be what some people like about it. And that is the predictability of it. These question blocks Johnny's talking about, they're almost not worth hitting the first time through the game because so many of them are bad. But once you played the game, if you remember, hey, the second question block is bad. Don't hit it. You can just avoid that forever. You know what I mean? 
Like once you played it, if you remember it, you know it. Yeah, but then that just negates the the point even having those. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's it's not random. It's predictable. Yeah. Which to me, I'm not sure that's a good thing because it's not really a skill. It just rewards you for knowing it already. Yeah, and I think it really hurts this one just because this game is a one hit kill game. Yes, it is. Uh, Mario wasn't even that. Like you remember in later Mario games where you could get like a negative mushroom. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, and it didn't necessarily always kill you. But right. in this case, if you get that ghost and he catches you, you're you're done for. And it's hard to outrun him. Yeah. So yeah, you got the question box that are random. The money bags are small ones and little ones. And here's one thing: is a definite positive for me. I've said it before recently. I really like it in games. Well, now, now his mom, wife's calling. She's really trying to call me. <laughs> she's worried about you. You're not feeling well. <laughs> um, text her real quick. I'll cover real quick. Now, you, you talk. I was talking about uh, the money bags and how you actually spend money. Talk yeah, I'm called money bags yeah. usually. Now, what? While Trevor's off doing this, he needs to get this because his wife's an awesome person. I know she listens. That's why I'm also saying that. Uh, it's the thing is, Trevor probably likes it a little bit more than I do. However. There is some cool things about this. Now, when he gets back, we're going to really get into the the things you can get at the shop. This game has a shop in it, which I wasn't expecting going into this. But there's a shop that it will show up. And all the money that you've collected throughout the game, you can use that said money in the shop. And you can buy different things from lives to uh, vehicles to, uh, to power bracelets, all that kind of stuff. Now, the vehicles is where this gets really, really fun. It really, honestly, helped the game a little bit in my eyes. And when Trevor gets here, he'll tell you that it probably really helped in his eyes big time. But you can actually buy vehicles in this game. Yep. One of them was the motorcycle. Trevor's back now. One of them was the motorcycle, a, a helicopter. I think it's called a pedicopter because you pedal it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and is, is, are, are there other ones? Uh, those are the only two you can flat out buy. But I know at some point in the game you use some kind of a speedboat. But I think you just have to make it to it. Yeah. But the motorcycle and the helicopter are so cool because you can basically, with a motorcycle... It only costs like 200 I think, mm-hmm. which isn't that much money in this game. It's really cheap. You can get that pretty quickly. Yeah. And you can just plow through a level until you you can run over the enemies. You can run through blocks. These big red balls stop you. Yeah. Or falling in the water. That's basically the only way to lose a motorcycle. So you just see how much of the level you can plow through without losing it. And it's really fun. Yeah, you're pretty much invincible except for those, those red balls that are on there. And that is like... Here's comparing Mario Brothers again. There's nothing like that in Mario Brothers. Right. I mean, that is very distinct. Um, that is what starts to set this game apart for me because, I mean, that's just totally unexpected. It's, it's a crotch rocket. I mean, yeah. It's you're zooming through the level like five times speed. It really reminded me of, uh, we haven't played these games yet, but I know we're going to for this podcast, uh, uh, the Adventure Island games where you get the skateboard. and you get Yes. And in yeah. the later games, you can get other stuff too. Like you can get to ride dinosaurs and stuff. It kind of reminded right. me of that a little bit, which is really neat. Uh, the, I didn't like, I think if I got a second chance to fly the copter, now that I know that if you hit those things, it will hurt your copter. Yeah. <laughs> I could do a little better with it, but that first time is, was, was not fun, but I yeah. want to try it again. I think that's the, just the key for this game is your first time doing any certain part. It's probably not going to be that much fun, but we did everything multiple times. Like we played through that first part multiple times. Yeah. The helicopter is, uh. It's also fun, but yeah, if you hit the balls with your blade, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know how else to put it, yeah. you instantly fall. <laughs> yeah. But those are very cool. Circles. And then you got the power bracelet I mentioned, but those two vehicles, to me, are like the highlight. And I li- and you get you can get chances to get them fairly often. 
Well, they're a highlight because it really changes things up. Yeah. Like, and they kind of come out of nowhere. It's a really nice change of pace to me. Yeah. So I kind of enjoyed that. I will say that it's definitely a positive for me as well in this game. And then we get to the other thing. Um, the hand in the room, you might say. Oh, yeah. That's the boss fights. Yes. Uh, now, well, Al, I knew about this before because I've actually played the Sega Genesis sequel. But Johnny was not aware how the boss fights work in this game. So I was right. curious. Tell me what you thought about it surprising i don't i don't know how i still feel it feels first of all it feels like a bit of a my first thought was this is a cop-out like this is really <laughs> cheap and i could lose a life over chance because <laughs> if i go into it if you don't cheat and look it up because they keep a set pattern it's 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 a paper rock scissors game is yeah. what this is it's, your boss fight is literally paper rock scissors and if he beats you then you're out of life right. but if you beat him then you get to go on and you've beaten that level and that's how you do it it's paper rock scissors and mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that or not. That's literally, you do all this and then it just ends up being chance. Yeah, and it's 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 literally a game of paper, rock, scissors. Yeah. Also known as Jenkin. Um, I, I know, I've, I actually played the, the Genesis version first. And I was like, whoa, is this legit? This is how you do all the boss fights? If you lose 2 out of 3 paper, rock, scissors matches, you die and lose a life. If you win 2 out of 3, you beat the boss. And this game's pretty stingy with giving you lives, by the way. Yes, three lives and you're done, unless you buy new ones. Um, We should mention that. So basically, unless you collect or purchase new lives, three hits and you're out of the game. Yeah. Because it's one hit death, you get three lives. But yeah, this is so bizarre. It's unique, but I don't know if I love it. Because it really, again, like I said with the question blocks that aren't actually random, it kind of just rewards you for knowing what's ahead. Yeah. But not necessarily for skill. And what if going into it, you didn't know what these were and you kept dying there. You kept pushing different things. You didn't notice a pattern and you kept, what if you lost all three of your lives there? I would have been all right. (laughs) I mean, and also uh, doesn't every boss you get to do kind of does the same thing. Yeah. So uh, it's not just once that this happens. I think if it was just once, I would kind of let it go as I'm trying something different. Right. And I would kind of appreciate it for that, for what it was, at least being a little different. I mean, yes. It's it's a little more involved than like a regular boss battle. It's very different compared to those. But it's every one of them. I think it's a little bit overkill that it's every single boss battle. Yeah. Um, the, since you're gambling with real lives, basically, I kind of think they've been better off just not having boss fights. Because it's, it's not really fair to lose life to total chance after you made it through a skill-based level. Right. That being said, though, to be fair to the game, once you've done it once, if you're so inclined, you can write down, like, for example, the first boss, and I might be getting this wrong, but let's say it's, if the boss picks scissors, paper, paper, and I don't even know if that's true, well, you know what to pick next time. And you can honestly, and here's another spoiler alert, look it up online and you can actually find out what it is. You can easily beat all the bosses by looking it up online, but that's not really satisfying. And it's very cheat. It's very, very much cheating. So we did not do that the first time. (laughs) I will say I love the comedy of it. Like, you're literally playing rock, paper, scissors with this yeah. big baddie. But I would say that's diminishing returns because it kind of is going to get a little bit old. I love the comedy of it before I realized that I could lose life over it. I yeah. I literally lose one of my lives over this yeah. thing. Then the comedy kind of ran out a little bit. Yep. I agree. Is there anything else in the gameplay you want to get into before we get into our final scores? I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered the how it works. I think so. Yes. <laughs> I think so. You want me to go first? I can go first. Sure. All right. Oh, man. 
I think we're on two different planes on this game. I think you kind of liked it a little more than I did. That being said, I feel like I've been way more negative on this game, but I didn't hate it. It wasn't terrible. I told you that if they really improved the controls on this game, that I could have seen myself coming back to it again and again. Uh, and I could see the bare bones of something fun. Like the next two or three games, if they really kept improving, could be really awesome. And I haven't played them, so I don't know. But this is the one we had, the very first one. The controls absolutely killed it for me. Way too floaty and loosey-goosey. Uh, the cool stuff is that you can get the vehicles. And the levels were just colorful enough and different enough for me to want to keep seeing what the other ones were. That's a very positive. I had five and a half in my head, and I'm going to keep it. I don't see anything that's knocking it off. It's above average for me, but... If I didn't play this again, I would be okay. So I'm giving this a 5.5. And I'm sorry if you love this game. You can hate me if you want to. But please don't. I have low self-esteem. So this game makes Don't Kill Country look like a pile of monkey dung. Oh, the controversial statement I was going to tell you. Oh. <laughs> you should have go ahead and say that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I felt... <sighs> I, feel a lot of... I feel like this game is beloved for some reason. I have it in my head that people love this game. It, it is for the most part, I think. But I feel that the first Bubsy game had more going for it than this game did. If you take it, if you took out the vehicles out of this game, I would really, really hate this game. That's just me being honest. That's controversial, and it's just because of the controls. Fix those controls, make them less floaty, and that's how I would fix it. Make them a little bit more precise, and I would probably really like this game quite a bit. But it's enough to the point where I knocked it down to the five and a half. Yeah, which is still above average. I told you when we were playing this game. You were definitely ready to quit before me because I think you had pretty much made up your mind. I still hadn't made up my mind, and I still don't know if I have. I mean, I know that's a cop-out. It really is. But we play this game a good hour, which for a simple platformer should be enough to make up your mind how you feel about it. I mean, we played that first level probably six or seven times. Yeah, we um, kept dying on it. I mean, I don't think there's anything in this game that's left that's going to surprise me to really change my opinion. It's just... I don't know, one time I'd go through that first area and I'm like, okay, I got this. I can breeze through this now. But then I would die four times in a row. So... And you would get frustrated, very frustrated. I did get frustrated. I don't know. I definitely like this game more than Johnny. And I'm not surprised because um, weird controls are almost a challenge to me. But... The, I guess the question is, is it a good challenge? I do think this is a good game. I think it's definitely above average. I think, I'll say I totally agree, and Michael Thompson might be particularly, well, he's not the only one. We've had, especially our Australian fans, I think there's two or three that have mentioned this game. Yeah. Um, if we even have two or three fans, I'm not sure. But <laughs> We have at least four. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to be harsh on this game. I totally get why I was, I mean, this came, this game came installed on Sega Master Systems and other territories. Um, so a lot of people played this game and if this was one of your very first, maybe your very first real video game, your first platformer, I mean, a lot of you played this before you played Mario, which is hard for us to understand in North America, but I totally see why this game is beloved. It's just hard to go back for us having never played it before. The controls do feel a little janky. <laughs> um, and the boss fight thing to me is weird and not skill-based. Instead, it's random or memory-based. The 
the level design's pretty good, but it never really shines. At least not in the first five levels. That's all we played, to be fair. Because we were terrible at it. Um, <laughs> the controls were terrible. That being said, I this is one of those games, if we ever re-reviewed games, once I get a chance to play this a few more times, my score could change a fair bit. Maybe up, maybe down. But I'm going to go with the 7, which is a lot higher than you. Because I think I'm going to come back to this and really try to beat all 11 levels. Um, now, being a 7, obviously, I put this below Mario Brothers. I put this below Sonic 2, which we played. Um... You know, I put this below even some other platformers that maybe aren't as beloved. But I do think it's really good and really solid. Has some funny design decisions that almost give it a quirky sense to it now. But I want to go back and play it. I think it has its flaws, but I think it's worth playing. This is one of those games that... Uh, there's been... Usually when we don't agree to game, our, don't agree on a game, our scores are still sort of close in the same vicinity. Yeah, this is pretty These different. people... These, Feel pretty off. I mean, we're both yeah. above average. We're both saying this is above average game. You're definitely taking or leaving though. But you? I could never give it a seven personally. Yeah. Those controls hurt it that much for me. I can't get past that. I call that. I think bad controls is a cop out personally. Like just tighten yeah. them up. It can't be that. Well, I'm saying it like I know how to do this. Yeah. Just tighten them up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was just they didn't quite get it right, or if this is exactly what they were going for. Like if they had tightened these but... controls, honestly, if I felt these controls were a little tighter, this game would go a seven and a half to an eight for me. That's how yeah. bad that it hurt it for me personally. Yeah, yeah, and I can, and he's Johnny's not just saying that to be controversial. He was definitely well, we were both definitely frustrated playing it, <laughs> but he was frustrating. And there were plenty of times where I died, frustrated. and it was just because how the controls were. It wasn't because I'll be honest. When if I did something stupid, yeah. I'm very honest about that. But there were times where it wasn't me; it was the controls and how loosey goosey and janky they were. <laughs> yeah, that the reason that I died there. So I'm going to say that knocked it down at least two points for me. Maybe unpredictable is the word here. You want controls to always be predictable, but yeah. they weren't really always yeah. predictable in this game. So I don't know. I, I'm still saying it's a good game. Um, Johnny's saying the controls tanked it for him. I'm curious what some other people who didn't grow up with it feel. But also, if, if you're one of the ones who did, because we've had several people comment about this game, let us know, like, how did you feel about the controls when we first started playing the game? Did you warm up to them? Yeah. That being said, um, I paid almost $30 for this game. There's multiple reasons for that. One is I had recently sold some stuff on eBay, so I had the PayPal money. You know, didn't have to take it from the, the grocery bill. Because um, you know I'm going to eat. Um... The second reason is I've been thinking about getting this game for over a year now. And then the timing was just perfect because Michael Thompson was our patron and we pulled his name out of the hat and he won. So it's like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. That being said, I've not got my $30 worth yet. And I like when I'm buying a game. Yes. I like to have the cartridge. I like to see it sitting on my shelf, but I also have to get gameplay out of it for me to feel like I got my money's worth. I'm coming back to this game if no, for no other reason. I'm going to get my money's worth. Because <laughs> um, I've not gotten $30 worth yet. I'd be curious what your score would be if you didn't pay that much for this game, personally. I don't think it's affecting it because, if anything... I think you'd be more open to being harsher to it. Does that make sense? Well, like I know, personally, yeah. if it was me and I'd pay $30 for a game, I would want it to be as good as it could be for 30 bucks. Exactly. If, if, if the game had made me basically cheated me that much. I think it'd be more harsh, if anything. Yeah. Now, what might be affecting my score a little bit is my love for Sega. And this game is important to Sega. 
And I love Sega too. You know I do. I know, but I'm just saying, like subconsciously, maybe I know it's one of Sega's highlights from the early days. Yeah. So maybe that's playing with me a little bit. If this was called Blob Boy and Blobland, and nobody knew what it was, you know, maybe that's, that's just that's our that's us. That's game yeah. on us. <laughs> so I don't know. My score could go up or down depending. Yeah. But for now, that's where it is. Do I regret buying it? Well, we were able to do this episode. I still plan to come back to it. And if you have a, a, I would say also, if you have a master system, you kind of have to have this game. Yeah, you, you got to give it a try because it's just like quintessential yeah. for the system. It'd be like having a Genesis and not having any Sonic game. Right. It seems kind of weird. But So, I, I will say, I think I wouldn't have paid for it, but I don't have a, a Sega Master System. Does that make sense? If I had a Sega Master System, I would probably definitely think about it. I think you can probably get the cartridge only for closer to 20. And if you really don't care about anything but just giving it a chance... Just try to get it as cheap as you can. You can get it on Xbox Live. They have it on there. You can get it's like a uh, a trio of the games. Uh, yeah. There's three of them that's on there, and this is one of them. And it's it's fairly cheap. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but and the, I think it's like ten bucks at the most. And though I want to say, who cares about modern systems and what is the internet? Truth is, if you want to give Sega some money, that's the better way to play it. <laughs> yeah, because they're not getting any money out of buying these old cartridges. That's true. So, <laughs> but I still prefer the old cartridges, and yeah. I paid for it literally. Well, I'm just saying, if you want to try it and you don't it's want to spend idea. a lot of money, yeah. I think that'd be the best way. It's to a do good it. idea, and if you absolutely adore it and you want to have the cartridge, then go for it. Right. All right. So whew, that was all over the place, but that's how my thoughts are about this game. But let's see if your thoughts are all over the place, fans. What are you trying to say? What segment is this, Trevor? Fan feedback. Yay. Verily, I say. So, you should check out uh, Retro Blist on Instagram. On Facebook and on Twitter, because we post on all those places. That's right. And uh, on Instagram, or Trevor did this time because I didn't. Right. On Instagram, I posted that we were going to be come covering Alex Creed in Miracle World. Alex Creed, Creed, <laughs> Alex the Creed, and uh, we have some comments. So Michael Thompson, I was hoping he would at least have some. He has. This was his game, so I'm curious what he said. I would be surprised if he didn't have anything to say about it. And this might make you want to, uh, I don't know, harm yourself in some way okay. for breaking his dreams. <laughs> Where to begin? This was a childhood favorite and is still amazing today. You ready for, for some words? Hit me. It's up there with the original Sonics and Super Marios. Aww. But it's really sad that this franchise didn't continue much further. When I think of amazing soundtracks... I always think of this before the big two. I really hope my rose-colored glasses aren't causing bias because I'm going to feel bad making you buy this if it turns out you're not into it. <laughs> well, Michael Thompson, my comments there are I'm not going to say you're wearing rose-colored glasses because we can't go back and say what it would be like if we grew up with this game. See, that's a good point. I will say that. We grew up with Mario. And Sonic, so, yeah. if... So I can't look back and be honest. Well, let's just use a Ninja Turtles 3 for an example. Yeah. That's a good example of this. We grew up with that game too. And adored it. And adored it and still do. And I think we we would be lying if we didn't say nostalgia was a part of that. Right. It's definitely a part of it. And that's okay. And it should be. 
So, and I definitely understand, like you said before, I get the reason why people would like this game. There's some things that did would stand out, like the vehicles and stuff. Yeah. So I get it, but I'm still sticking with my score, and I hope I didn't hurt his feelings because I actually like uh, Mr. Thompson there. Yeah. And you know, I gave it a seven out of ten, which was an, the most glowing review. But the fact that I want to keep playing it, no, you didn't make me waste my money. Plus, I'm a grown man. I do what I want to do. <laughs> I so. Do what I want. <laughs> so yeah. Thanks for uh, introducing this game to us. It's opened my eyes up to some quirky new stuff, maybe. Um, I, I won Sweet World said, let's settle this boss fight like gentlemen. Rochambeau. I think that's... Uh, that's Paper, Rock, Scissors. Yeah, called yeah. to the Paper, Rock, Scissors. Jerry Terrifying. Ah! There you go. I know he's waiting on that. Never played any of these, but would love to. My only experience with Alex Kidd is in Sonic All-Stars Racing. Now there's a guy, a game you guys should cover. Um, I will say... I think it's after our timeline, though. It's, isn't it? Our self-imposed timeline will not allow that game. Yeah. yeah. That was a... Was it GameCube PS2 era? I believe so. For some reason, I want to say it's a Wii game, but I could be off. Well, I think there was a sequel called Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed that I have on the Wii U. I think that's the sequel, and it is an excellent little game. It's not quite Mario Kart, but it's closer than most of those racers come. It's a cool game. So if that's what you're talking about, I agree it's a cool game. Uh, MJ's Game Room says he never played it, but he might have to give it a try. So we held on over to Facebook, if you want to. But why would you, really? That's a good question. Well, you should. Okay, why? Because uh, I'm looking for us right now. Oh, we're on there? Yeah, Retro Blist. On Facebook? On Retro Facebook. Blist? I'm going right now. Hitting the like button. So if you go to Facebook and like Retro Blist like you should. Mm-hmm. Um, Already done. It loads fairly slowly. It does. I'm watching it load on your phone. It's taking oh five ever. There it, Here it is. All I right. posted about Alex Kidd and Miracle World. All Alex, that. Every time you talk. Alex Kidd. Like, you say it so fast. It's like you're drunk. All that and literally nobody on there even commented. Okay. I'm what a waste of time. Yep. So, sorry we didn't leave a lot of uh, time to comment on this episode, but there it is. We're kind of getting rushed. It is a holiday week, to be fair, when yes. we're recording this. And I'm sick, and yeah. whenever I get sick, sometimes I start sound like a dying cat. That's right. So I was worried to, to wait much longer. Okay. So, <laughs> now we're done with that, I think yes. we can take a break, because we need one, Thank and you. play a commercial. Sega challenges you with the ultimate video games. Games that'll blow you away, like Alex Kidd in Miracle World. And coming soon, Monopoly. Knockout games like Rocky. Gangster Town. Shift into more excitement with the arcade hit Outrun. Only on the Sega system. Sega, the challenge will always be there. Okay. That commercial was played. Sure was. Now, Trevor, it's time for a little game called the Miss Quiz. First, go ahead, my good kind sir. Okay. Despite my current condition of being actively unhealthy, I think I made some pretty good questions here. Your first one. 
By the way, play along at home. We each come up with three quiz questions and uh, see if you can beat our score. And I'm going to say you can usually beat mine. Yes. So which of these is not a real Alex Kid game? Okay, which one is not a Alex Kid game? Yes. Alex the Kid game. Which of these is just made up? Yeah. Uh, five choices. So which of these is false? Alex Kid in the Enchanted Castle. Alex Kid in High Tech World. Alex Kid in Ocean Kingdom. Alex Kid in Shinobi World. BMX Trial. BMX Trial. Uh, Alex Kid BMX Trial. That can't be an Alex the Kid game. I feel like you're throwing it in, in as a red herring too, though. Did you like them one more time? No, I, I think I remember them pretty well. Uh, the Shinobi one and that BMX one both stand out to me, but maybe that's the point for them. Does that make sense? You never know. Because you try to trick me. You try to tricks me sometimes. You think so? You try to tricks me, precious. Uh, mm, I do. I feel like I remember one called the Enchanted Castle. I feel like that one's real. Ellie's High Tech World, Ocean Kingdom, Shinobi go, World, BMX Trial. I'm going to go High Tech World, but I'm probably wrong. High Tech World B. So the Enchanted Castle is a Sega Genesis game. Okay. Uh, then there were three. Um, well, I guess four. <laughs> four on the Master System. You have the one we played, Miracle World. Then you have Shinobi World. Okay. Which was originally going to be a, like a Shinobi Junior game. Uh-huh. But they made it Alex Kidd instead. Hmm. Then you got the BMX trial game, which is real and I want to play. And then you have High Tech World. God dang it. I which, thought I was doing good. Which is known to be a, one of the worst Alex Kidd games. So Ocean Kingdom I just made up because it sounded boring. Yeah, it worked. And it worked. All right, Trevor, we're playing the IMDB game. I picked three movies. Obviously, this is the first of the three. All of them had the word kid in the title of the movie. Oh. <laughs> Are you ready? Yep. The first movie is called Billy the Kid vs. Dracula. This came out in 1966. Here is what happens in this movie, or this is a little uh, blurb about it. Dracula travels. Dracula travels to the American West. Didn't think I'd get to do that again, did you? No. Intent on making a beautiful ranch owner his next victim. Uh, Her fiance, who happens to be the outlaw, Billy the Kid, finds out about it and rushes to save her. This stars John Carradine and Chuck Courtney. Not that that helps you any. Huh. Came out in 1996, I mean, 1966, 1,235 people reviewed this movie. Out of 10, Trevor, what did IMDb average the score out to be? What do I have to get within to get it? Got to get within a point. It sounds terrible and great somehow. I strangely want to see it. <laughs> but I'm going to go 3.2. That is dead on. That is dead really? on. Really? 100% dead on. Well. As in a point, I think you cheated. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> no, I, I thought... I've gone high here lately, and, and you've tricked me. So, yeah, that sounded like a three-year. <laughs> it was. Yep. <laughs> but I still want to see it. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, I feel like I've had a similar question to this before, so I changed it up. Okay. Alex Kidd is, in some ways, a failed mascot. Right. Which of these is not a real failed gaming mascot? Okay. Not so necessarily Sega. Just so, which one you made up? Yep. Is it Buck Bump? <clears throat> Let me start over. <laughs> Buck Bumble, Glover, Wild Woody, Mouthy Monkey, Zool, Ninja of the Nth Dimension. Okay, well, I know for a fact that Glover is a game. That's a 64 game. And strangely, I know that because they had a commercial on a 
really old episode of a wrestling show I was watching for another podcast <laughs> that I may or may not do. Uh, so I know for a fact Glover is one for real. Um, Buck, B- Buck Bumble, Wild Woody, Mouthy Monkey, Zool Ninja the Anthem Mention. Uh, Mouthy Monkey. That's right. Oh, is it? Sweet. <laughs> yeah, Wild Woody was a number two pencil <laughs> on Sega CD. And Zool was uh, a game. Yep. And Buck Bumble was also an N64 game. There is only Zool. Yes. Trevor. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is a movie that I remember loving when I was a mm-hmm. kid. Came out in 1989. Starring Rick Moranis. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I hope that wasn't on the microphone. <laughs> Everything's been on the microphone today. <laughs> yep. We're disgusting. The scientist father of a teenage girl and boy accidentally shrinks his two uh, his teens and two other neighborhood uh, kids to the size of insects 1,000 I mean 117,823 people reviewed this movie out of 10 Trevor what is IMDB score of honey I shrunk the kids well finally one I've actually seen and one that I feel like has a pretty good following I'm gonna go 7.1 Seven point one is what you give. The actual IMDb score is six point three, which I believe is within that one point radius that I give you. So you got two points. Wait, all right. So you got I got two points and you got one. Mm -hmm. So you got to get this one to even tie me. That's right. That's that's very true. So the Western version of uh, some of the Alex Kid games were toned down a little bit in different ways. Alex the Kid. Alex the Kid. So the Genesis version, the Enchanted Castle. What happened to the loser when you lost the rock, paper, scissors match? Okay. Uh, just so you know, in the Western version, an anvil drops on your head. Okay. Um, so, in the Japanese version, uh, was the loser ran over by a steamroller? Was he eaten by a buffalo? Or was he stripped almost completely naked? <laughs> okay. I'm going to go, it's the last one. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That just seems like it's what it should be. I think either or other two would work in America, but not yeah. not the naked part. Yeah, exactly. That's what I went with. We're way uh, in America. We're way more. Uh, I guess uptight about that. Could be yeah. best way to put it. All right. So I'm two for three. You're one for three. So you, wait a minute. No, I'm, I got two points. That's what I'm going to say. We're both two for three. But if you I have get a this right, I beat you. Yes. Yeah. There you go. All right, Trevor. The movie, the last movie, is called The Saturday Night Kid. Came out in 1929. The blurb says, Mamie, I'm probably saying that name wrong, Mamie, and Sister Janie, so Mamie and Janie, are sales girls at uh, Ginsburg's department store. Uh-huh. Mamie is in love with store clerk Bill, but Janie tries to steal him from her. Ooh. This stars Clara Bow and Jean Arthur. 138 people wow. total reviewed this film. Trevor, out of 10, what is the oh. IMDb score of... The Saturday Night Kid. Well, it doesn't sound interesting at all, and very few people have seen it. If I have to get within one, I'm going to just try to guess safely. It kind of, when I, when I was reading what it was about, it just felt like a lifetime, one of those lifetime yeah. uh, made-for-TV movies. In my gut. Which are both good and bad at the same time, usually. In my gut, I feel like it's above a three and a half, but below a five, I'm going to go four and a half. Trevor says four and a half. The actual IMDb score of the Saturday Night Kid from 1929 is 6.4. Oh. We tied. Tied gang. So you know what that means. It's a nice roll off. Oh, yeah. Nice roll. Go. House right. number wins. House number wins. Let's go ahead roll. Six. Two. You win. <laughs> All right. Trevor wins. That's Master of the Universe. Yep. There we go. 
All right, well, this has been your episode, your Patreon pick of Alex the Kid in The Miracle of the World. Yes. Trevor, before we sign off, though, it's time for what everybody wants to hear. The people who support this show, the ones that we love dearly, that uh, it's the only reason I can even get any sleep at night is because of these people who support us in this show. And they are... Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson. Thank you, sir. Mike Vito. Mr. Vito, you, sir, are a saint and a great human being. Caleb Dixon. Mr. Dixon, without you, my life would feel empty and incomplete. That's definitely all. There's not another one. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, we don't have another one. Nope. You know what feels weird, though? What's that? I think we went an episode without saying Andrew Coed's name. That is weird. That feels uh, odd. Oh, me. wait. Andrew Coed. Oh, Andrew Coed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Andrew, even though your uh, you're, uh, sentences are long and paragraph-like, I still think you're an amazing, awesome person. And yes. I'm sorry that I don't read them all, but I have attention deficit disorder. <laughs> yes. I think that's actually true. So I'll let you go away with that one. Okay. <laughs> So thanks, everybody. This has been Alex Kidd, Miracle World. Sorry that we're both a little bit weird and sick and making bodily sounds. And gross and disgusting. (laughs) Go donate on Patreon. (laughs) Maybe we can afford some medicine. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. All you who haven't donated, you're while we're sick. Or maybe a dietitian. I think that'd be more helpful. Yeah, we probably just need to make better decisions in our lives. Can you buy willpower with Patreon money? I don't know. Can I buy self-control with it? Because that's what I need more than anything. That's the $10 level there. We should go get more Japanese food. No, we had Chinese. Either one. Yeah. Let's mix both. Let's get them.